When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Code Breaker, presented by Underdog Fantasy. I'll be completely transparent with this audience. This episode of Code Breaker will be shorter than prior ones, though still very actionable. And I also want to make this clear from the start. I have a fear of death, genuinely. But today we'll be dissecting and discussing the landscape of the running back position for 2021, as well as diving into the running back dead zone. You may have heard that scary term before, and I'll break down what that means, as well as present some historical data on how its name was formed and the best part, how you the drafter can exploit this quote-unquote dead zone in 2021. But before we get into that, our friends at Underdog Fantasy want you to know that you, yes you the listener, have a chance to win $1,001,000. The previous biggest tournament ever of this type was $1 million, and Underdog said, that's chump change, and they threw another dollar in the pot. That's right, $1,001,000 to first place. It's a $25 entry, and you might think, oh, $25? I'm not quite sure if I want to commit to paying that. And you know what? I agree. I don't think you should have to commit to paying that out of your own pocket straight up. So, go to Underdog Fantasy, sign up now, Promo code UNDERWORLD, deposit 50 bucks, and you're going to get $25 extra. It'll show up in your account within one to two minutes. Promo code UNDERWORLD, and then take that $25 and throw it into Best Ball Mania. Put it into that $25 tournament. Or you could just do five $5 drafts if you so choose. Spend that money however you like. And I'm just going to talk about a quick team that I just drafted on Underdog a few days ago because it's a really good looking team. And I know that you can recreate something similar. I actually posted this team on Twitter a few days ago. So you can even see the full roster there if you so choose. And if you didn't know that I had done that, you're probably not following me on Twitter. At JLarkyTweets. J-L-A-R-K-Y Tweets. Anytime you have an early draft slot, you can start off with a stud running back. I had the two pick and I went Dalvin Cook. Then either at the late second or early third round, grab DK Metcalf. An absolute stud. This is best ball. The guy gets deep targets. He gets a lot of them. He's tethered to one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history when it comes to throwing the ball down the field in Russell Wilson. So you grab DK Metcalf. Then you can also grab Darren Waller. So in this case, I had Dalvin Cook in the first round, pick number two. Darren Waller at the end of the second round, and then I came right back to grab DK Metcalf early third. That's a start you can do yourself. Dalvin Cook, Darren Waller, DK Metcalf. 
you lock up an elite tight end, an elite receiver, an elite running back. Then what I did is in the late fourth round, my next pick, I went Cooper Cup, just setting up a potential Rams stack later on. And then in the early fifth, he's usually there either late fourth, early fifth. And I don't know why, because he's so ridiculously soaked in upside is Tyler Lockett. So now I have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett because I grabbed Tyler Lockett at pick 50 beginning of the fifth round. Then in the early seventh round, I ended up grabbing Russell Wilson. So now I have Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. One of the highest upside stacks you can possibly get. You're bringing in trusty, sturdy correlation into your tournament lineup where we don't really know if it's going to be a Metcalf or a Lockett week. It could be both. It's probably going to be one or the other going absolutely bananas each week. And now you have that completely locked into place. Oh, and did I mention, you want to know who my sixth round pick was? I had a late sixth round pick. Pick 71. I tried something different. I went bully tight end. I grabbed a second stud tight end. TJ Hawkinson fell about a round of ADP and I thought, ah, what the hell? Let's just lock up Waller and Hawkinson. I even texted TJ. I said, hey, are you comfortable hopping in the flex? Because we already have Darren Waller in the tight end spot. And he said that he's game. So yeah, I smashed the draft butt. I'll tell you the rest of the team really briefly. That way you can kind of understand how this team ultimately ended up. I went two quarterback, five running back, nine receiver, and two tight end. And you might wonder who my other stack was because I had the Russ Metcalf Lockett stack. My other stack was Jacksonville, another super attainable stack. Like I said, you can grab the Seattle stack whenever you feel like it if you have the first, second, or third pick in the underdog draft. And then for Jacksonville, you can just start grabbing those guys in the middle rounds. So I grabbed LaVisca Chenault at pick 95, Trevor Lawrence at pick 119, and Marvin Jones at pick 122. Those are all around ADP within two to three places of where those guys go on average. So it's not even like I had to reach for them. Those guys just fall into your lap. So I had the Wilson Metcalf Lockett stack, the Trevor Lawrence, LaVisca Chenault, Marvin Jones. So two double stacks. My other running backs, aside from Dalvin Cook, were Leonard Fournette, Jamal Williams, David Johnson, and Tariq Cohen. Guys that I expect to be fantasy relevant at some point in the season. It's just a little bit unclear which specific games. But I have four of them. So we'll have Dalvin Cook almost every week. And then some combination of Fournette, Jamal, David Johnson, Tariq Cohen in the other weeks. And then to round out my receiving core after Metcalf, Cup, and Lockett, Chenault, and Marvin Jones, I then went Brian Edwards, Amari Rogers, Josh Palmer, and Nico Collins. Because I'm looking for rookie receivers that I think can get 60 to 70 targets in this season. That's enough to give them two, three, four, five spike weeks. And that's all that you're asking for from your later round wide receivers. And then my two tight ends, as I mentioned, Waller and Hawkinson. This is my favorite team. And I've been able to draft a team like this because over time I've iterated and figured out where everyone goes and what the optimal stacks to target are. And I'm letting you, the listener, know, grab the Seattle and grab the Jacksonville stacks. They're attainable with high upside. Now onto the running back dead zone. Running backs in rounds three through six often don't produce for fantasy football. Looking at historical win rates for best ball teams, running backs taken in rounds three through six frequently have below average win rates. To make that even more clear, in a 12-team league, on average, you should win that league once every 12 tries, and a 1 in 12 chance is 8.3%. Now, the dead zone running backs frequently post 
win rates below 8.3%. Essentially, you draw dead if you pick one of those running backs. So here's a made-up example with some data. So in 2020, Mark Ingram happened to go round four in drafts. I don't have off the top of my head what the win rate was, but people who drafted Mark Ingram, let's just say they won their league only 4% of the time. I mean, if you drafted Mark Ingram round four, you probably were not going to win your league. Let's be honest. He was a terrible pick when you look back on how much he produced for your team in fantasy. So let's just say on average, you win your league 8.3% of the time. Let's say Mark Ingram gave you a win 4% of the time, even though we expect the average 12-team leaguer to win their league about 8% of the time. So in this relevant example with some made-up Mark Ingram win rate numbers, Mark Ingram would have been a net negative for those that drafted him. As you decreased your chances of winning your league in half by selecting him in the fourth round last year, drawing dead, essentially, at winning. For this analysis, the ADPs are courtesy of fantasy data. I'm looking at running backs taken in the first 12 rounds of drafts from 2014 to 2020. That's seven different seasons. 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, and 2020. And this is all seasonal league data, not dynasty. The running back dead zone is never tossed around in dynasty circles. This is purely for redraft and best ball. In dynasty, feel free to grab a running back in round three or round four or wherever you choose in your startup. And one final note, I'll be referencing fantasy point season totals for a lot of this episode. And when I do that, I'm using PPR scoring and I'm only going to look at weeks one through 16. So 15 games maximum per player. Very few people play in leagues where week 17 has counted historically. And it's also a week that many teams rest their starters. So I'm excluding it from all analysis today. Now, with these seven years of running backs, if we just average their PPR points by round drafted, the average running back taken round one the past seven years has put up 209 fantasy points during the fantasy football season, those first 15 games. 209 fantasy points. The week two guys, 199 on average. Very similar, 209, 199. Then we have a steep drop. Round three running backs average 163 fantasy points. Then round four running backs drop down to 139 fantasy points. Round five guys drop down to 131, and round six drops down to 116. So to reiterate, we have 209 and 199 for the average round one and round two running backs respectively. 209 and 199. That fantasy point total plummets to 163 for round three, 139 for round four, 131 for round five, and 116 for round six. There's the dead zone. Another way we could look at this is, let's just figure out the percent of running backs that aren't totally busting early, and then uh, someone that's maybe halfway decent as the draft goes on later. So what if we just look at the percent of running backs drafted that hit 175 or more PPR points during the fantasy season? 64% of round one guys did it. 60% of round two guys did it. 51% of round three running backs did it. So we're all, we're still looking good. Over half of round three picks have a pretty good fantasy season. Round four, 32%. Only 10 out of the 31 running backs in round four have given you 175 or more fantasy points. And that drops again to 24% in round five and 15% in round six. Essentially, the cliff hits you after round three. Where round three might be the cliff for upside, round four is the cliff for just any type of stable floor, so it seems with the data. If I added in, instead of just 175, let's say I thresholded at 200, 225, and 250, 
you see a pretty similar thing with 200 where rounds one and two look similar. Round three, you start to notice a big difference. And then once you hit round four, there's just a huge cliff. The same with 225 fantasy points. And then 250 fantasy points, if you want the ceiling, like I said before, I'm sorry. You're pretty much only getting that elite ceiling from a round one or round two running back. Where just over a third of those guys drafted in those two rounds are going to give you over 250 fantasy points. And then that number is under 10% for round three, four, five, and six running backs. So under 10% of them become league winners. So up until this point, we've looked at the round drafted and how many fantasy points they've had. But another piece to this running back dead zone equation is age. The average age of round one running backs is 25.1 years old. The average age of round two running backs, 25.2. So 25.1, 25.2. Round three guys on average are 25.6 years old. So a little older, but still similar. And then we jump up. Round four, five, and six running backs on average, are all over 26 years old. Essentially, the average round one, round two, and round three running back is just before or at the age apex. And the average round four, five, and six running back is post-age apex. Let's now turn to underdog fantasy. There's four running backs that are going in round three on average right now. And those four running backs for this season are DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, Chris Carson, and Miles Sanders. Their average age is 24.2. So already, the average round three running back is significantly younger this year than in the past seven years overall. The average age of the round four guys, David Montgomery, Josh Jacobs, Mike Davis, pretty heavily skewed by Mike Davis, is 25 and a half years old. So younger than it has been historically. The average age then, we'll do one more. The round five guys. Miles Gaskin, Kareem Hunt, and Travis Etienne. Their average age is 24 and a half. Even though historically, the average age of round five running backs has been 26 and a half. So they're two years younger on average. So Gaskin, Hunt, Etienne, that trio just looks a whole lot different than the typical running back found in round five. If we now look at guys that are 26 and under, so the guys that are at or pre-age apex, none of the old clunkers, we notice now that 41% of the round three to five guys are hitting 175 or more fantasy points. 41%. Suddenly we have almost a one in two chance at getting a stud running back who's going to be delivering fairly usable weeks for us in rounds three, four, and five. And that 41% is not just entirely skewed by studly round three guys. 40% of round five running backs under age 26, are giving you 175 or more PPR points historically. That doesn't sound like a big dead zone to me. If 40% of those round five guys are paying off pretty nicely for their ADP. One more is if we look at round three through six running backs, the past three seasons that are under 26 years old with 40 or more targets, they average over 200 fantasy points in those 15 games. And you might say, well, Josh, I mean, pump the brakes, sir. Like you have been thresholding to another level under 26, 40 or more targets. Essentially, all I am doing is looking at a few recent seasons, 2018, 2019, and 2020. And I'm saying, I don't want guys past the age apex. And I want guys that I can predict for 40 or more targets. Essentially, I'm saying, give me young pass catching running backs in the running back dead zone. And you know what? 
They've averaged over 200 fantasy points during those 15 games the past three seasons. How is that actionable, though? Well, here's some guys that fall into that category for 2021. Where they're young, I have them projected for over 40 targets. It's most definitely DeAndre Swift, as well as Miles Sanders, and Travis Etienne, and Miles Gaskin, and maybe David Montgomery. Maybe. It's still unclear what his receiving role will be, with Tariq Cohen now back in the fold, Damian Williams now there, who's been a more than competent pass catching back himself. So we'll see. Montgomery is a, he's a strong maybe. Now, one interesting way to evaluate how the 2021 running back position looks fundamentally different from 2020 is to compare some individual players at each draft position. And I found this exercise fascinating, and I think you will as well, because the running back landscape for 2021 it's a hell of a lot stronger than it was in 2020. Remember in 2020 when Clyde Edwards-Alaire went middle of the first round, even though he was an undersized running back with only one year of college production? But we said, you know what? It's okay. Even if he doesn't get that many carries, he'll get some goal line work and he'll get a lot of targets and hopefully a good amount of touchdowns from Patrick Mahomes. Remember, that's why we elevated him? He actually didn't even disappoint that much. He had over 1,100 scrimmage yards in the partial season that he played before injury. Sure, he didn't quite have the touchdowns that some hoped he would get, but still, this was not a good mid-first round pick. Do you want to know who looks just like Clyde Edwards-Alaire from 2020, but is playing in 2021? DeAndre Swift. Only, he looks like his usage will be better. More targets, more carries than Clyde Edwards-Alaire. The only thing that I think Edwards-Alaire has Swift beat on is you can make the case that there's more touchdown upside for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Only, DeAndre Swift goes in round three this year, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire went round one last year. That's a pretty stark dichotomy. Last year, we had Kenyon Drake going fairly early round two. After multiple years of non-bell cow duties in Miami, and then only an eight-game sample of relevance in Arizona, James Conner struggled to stay healthy as many, us included, thought was likely, and he was going late round two last year. He was already over age 25 with a terrifying injury history. You want to know who you can get late round two now? Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Antonio Gibson. Two young backs that I would say are much stronger options at running back than James Conner. David Johnson, at nearly age 29 last year, was a round three pick. And that's where Swift goes right now. And then the Todd Gurley one going round three is kind of funny looking back on it. Todd Gurley disappoints in Los Angeles in 2019. He stops catching passes. He no longer looks explosive. It looks like the arthritic knees have caught up to him. So he goes to Atlanta where there's ample opportunity. And people said, you know what? He wasn't a pass catcher last year because of his knees, but maybe he'll be one this year. So Todd Gurley goes round three. Fast forward a year, Mike Davis, the Falcons running back who has potentially ample opportunity and was actually a fairly competent pass catcher last year, even though Gurley wasn't the year before Atlanta. Mike Davis now goes end of round four. Now, I'm not necessarily advocating for Mike Davis. He's an older running back. But it is interesting that Todd Gurley with his name value went round three, and Mike Davis without the name value on the same team in what should be the same role is now going late round four, early round five. And I mean, can can you believe it? Hard to believe, honestly, that Le'Veon Bell was going where Miles Sanders is going this year. That's right. Le'Veon Bell was going late third, Grab Miles Sanders there this year. Le'Veon Bell was incredibly old and on a team that didn't want him. Miles Sanders is young, and I have not read a single piece 
of Eagles beat writing that says the Eagles are looking to actively trade Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders, far better pick. Also funny to note that Miles Sanders' situation might even be better this year than last year. But last year, he was a late round one, early round two pick, and now he's a late round three pick. Again, the running back landscape in 2021 is much deeper. Leonard Fournette was another guy that was going late round three. I definitely swung and missed on him where he looked like he was going to be the all-purpose bell cow that he was the year before, but he was getting up there in age. And just like Le'Veon Bell, the team was actively trying to trade him and they ended up cutting him. So we'll chalk Leonard Fournette up as a miss saying, you know what? If a team doesn't like the running back, we probably shouldn't be drafting them in the early rounds. Another interesting one from last year, Melvin Gordon went early round four. He was 27 and a half years old at last season to begin. We had Mark Ingram who went mid round four in his 30s, even though the team took J.K. Dobbins round two. Another running back where for some reason some people thought, you know what, I don't believe the team really wanted to replace him, even though the team drafted a guy on day two. It wasn't just J.K. Dobbins with Mark Ingram. It was Zach Moss getting taken in round three when the team had Devin Singletary. Why were people drafting Devin Singletary round four? This is a small, slow back who's not great in the passing game, and the team drafted Zach Moss round three. A much better bet in 2021 than Mark Ingram and Devin Singletary, who went round four, is someone going round five this year, a round later, on underdog, in Miles Gaskin. Little outside competition was brought in. The only outside competition Miami brought in was Jared Dokes in round seven. He never had 700 rushing yards in any college season, and he never had more than 14 receptions in any college season either. Gaskin had 1,200 or more rushing yards all four seasons of college. Or, if you want another round five guy, just grab Travis Etienne, who actually looks a lot like DeAndre Swift. Only, he's on a better offense, got round one draft capital, and will be playing alongside a quarterback he's lined up behind the past three seasons in Trevor Lawrence, the Clemson connection, compared to DeAndre Swift, who has never played with Jared Goff previously. To summarize, after the first two rounds, running back in rounds three through six has been dicey on the surface over the past half decade, definitely earning the name the running back dead zone. In that range, draft young players who we can project to catch passes and whose team did not take another running back early in that year's draft. Guys I like in the dead zone this year that fit the criteria of being young pass catchers that we expect to command a decent opportunity share include DeAndre Swift, Miles Sanders, Travis Etienne, and Miles Gaskin. The four of them have a green light from the analytics department. Players in the dead zone this year where history is not on their side, as they lack the youth and or the expected pass catching include J.K. Dobbins, lack of pass catching, Mike Davis, the age, and also just a general lack of much of a track record, Chris Carson, the age, Josh Jacobs, lack of pass catching, and Kareem Hunt, the age, and also just, he's kind of a backup running back that you still have to grab in round five. Now, a few guys to monitor include David Montgomery, who has the youth, but it's unclear what his pass-catching role will be this year, as he was largely average for fantasy last year until Cohen went down and his schedule softened. Chase Edmonds, who is already 25 and a half without a history of true workhorse usage, though he does catch passes, and then Javante Williams whose ADP has crept up into the sixth round again, as rumors are floating about that he will be the week one starter in Denver. 
I'd proceed with caution towards Montgomery, Edmonds, and Javante, but it's a little early to tell what their role will be, and I'd consider them all risky picks with solid upside. One more time now, the players in the 2021 running back dead zone I expect to buck the trend of poor running back production are DeAndre Swift, Miles Sanders, Travis Etienne, and Miles Gaskin. Grab these four with more confidence than you would the typical dead zone running back. I do have to get one minor little thing off my chest. This entire time I've been talking about Travis Etienne as if he's a round five pick. And in my heart of hearts, I don't believe that will last. Grab ETN in the fifth round, the great gift to fantasy gamers. But mark my words, come mid-August, like Jonathan Taylor in 2020, Travis ETN will be a round three pick. And come late December, like Jonathan Taylor in 2020, Travis ETN in 2021 will be this year's signature league winner. And you might say, well, Josh, I mean, pump the brakes, sir. Like you have been thresholding to another level under 26, 40 or more targets. We had Mark Ingram who went mid round four in his 30s, even though the team took J.K. Dobbins round two. Do you want to know who looks just like Clyde Edwards Alaire from 2020, but is playing in 2021? DeAndre Swift, only he looks like his usage will be better. More targets, more carries than Clyde Edwards-Alaire. The only thing that I think Edwards-Alaire has Swift beat on is you can make the case that there's more touchdown upside for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Only DeAndre Swift goes in round three this year and Clyde Edwards-Alaire went round one last year. And Clyde Edwards- And Clyde Edwards- And Clyde Edwards- And Clyde Edwards- And people said, you know what? He wasn't a pass catcher last year because of his knees but maybe he'll be one this year. So Todd Gurley goes round three. Fast forward a year, Mike Davis, the Falcons running back, who has potentially ample opportunity and was actually a fairly competent pass catcher last year, even though Gurley wasn't the year before Atlanta, Mike Davis now goes end of round four. Also funny to note that Miles Sanders' situation might even be better this year than last year. But last year, he was a late round one, early round two pick, and now he's a late round three pick. Essentially, the average round one, round two, and round three running back is just before or at the AJ Apex. And the average round four, five, and six running back is post age Apex. If you want another round five guy, just grab Travis Etienne, who actually looks a lot like DeAndre Swift. Only, he's on a better offense, got round one draft capital, and will be playing alongside a quarterback he's lined up behind the past three seasons in Trevor Lawrence, the Clemson connection, compared to DeAndre Swift, who has never played with Jared Goff previously. But it is interesting that Todd Gurley with his name value went round three, and Mike Davis without the name value on the same team in what should be the same role is now going late round four, early round five. So the guys that are at or pre-AJ Pex, none of the old clunkers, I even texted TJ. I said, hey, are you comfortable hopping in the flex 
because we already have Darren Waller in the tight end spot. And he said that he's game. So yeah, I smashed the draft button.